welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is, yes, 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 and yes, AJ Kierens, and I'm your host here each and every week. That's my job, folks. That's what I got paid the big bucks for. I'm your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you and yours to the artists and designers from around the world. We're global. It's a global enterprise. Those artists and designers helping our favorite beers and breweries to life. It's that simple. It's a gift. We're building something. We're doing it. We're having a great time. We're meeting some amazing people. And we come to you with episode number 92, Noventa Idos, featuring the one and only Mr. Tyler Cristobal. Checking in via the West Coast. Some call it the best coast. I do love me some San Diego, so it would be hard for me to disagree with that being one of the greatest cities on earth. It is just a lovely place to be. Great people, great energy, great vibe. Feels right. Beautiful weather, insane beer. Weed's legal. Got their leaf scooters. Go see some sea lions right outside of San Diego. The zoo is next to... That zoo is world class. I went. I remember 19, let's see, 1988, and I was a kid. Went to San Diego, and we were supposed to go to Disney. We did a lot of stuff, but I, there, you've never lived till you've seen a panda bear. I mean, when I saw that. That's something I've seen forever. And the panda bear back then, I don't know if they drugged them or trained them or whatever they did with them, but this fucking panda bear could lift weights. Like I'm talking, clean jerk, boom, and it was amazing. Got to go back a few years ago with the family. You know, saw the panda bear. Probably how they were treating the panda bear back in the 80s was not as humane as they were doing it now. Now it's a little more kind of au natural. But anyway, that's my San Diego tangent for now. There's a few more of those sporadically throughout the episode. But we came to learn of Tyler through the work that he's doing with Home Brewing Company. But it's really cool because he's just a busy dude. He's got his... You know, his daytime hustle, but he's just, he's working with some great, great breweries and, you know, great people out there in, uh, you know, Cali. And what I love is when we, when we post these, you really see who's got some, you know, support, who's members of these communities doing some great stuff. And when, when you know, when Tyler posts up there, you can see there's just kind of all these people that are big supporters of him. And it's really nice to see not only, you know, friends and family, but just an amazing you know, different breweries and, you know, businesses that, you know, he's been working with. And so it's a really just kind of a, a testament to him, his hard work, his hustle, you know, working with Key City, Lost Cause Meadery, Council Brewing, obviously the crew at Home Brewing, and the list kind of goes on and on. It's a really, you know, impressive uh, resume. Ty Lizzo with one Z, T-Y as in thank you, L-I-Z-O on the I-G, which is short what the kids are saying for the Instagrams. So if you want the instant grams, not to be confused with the graham crackers, which is a really bad dad joke. You can also go to Tyler Cristobal, T-Y-L-E-R-C-R-I-S-T-O-B-A-L.com. Tell your friends. Tell Tyler. Tell him he checks out the episode. Tell him how much you loved it. You haven't heard it yet, but just tell him how much you loved it. Just, you know, hit pause. Just send him a message. Just tell him how much you loved it. But you're listening to the 16 Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Thank you, everyone who's leaving the great reviews, rankings. Really appreciate it. Really am proud of what we're doing, and we're proud of doing it together. If you came to us some weird way, we're 16ozcanvas.com on the internet. 
You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 16OZCanvas. And then we use the hashtag. That's kind of our, our tag. 16OZCanvas. Throw it up. Represent. We'll find you. And we will. So let's do this. Let's get into it. We'll check back later, and we'll finish up strong at the end. So without further ado, I think we're just going to get right into it. This is Tyler Cristobal. Homebrewing, 16-ounce canvas. Fun little fact before I listen to it. When I was in San Diego before, Tyler and I got to meet. That's all I'll say for now because we'll talk about it later. So then it becomes like, oh, wait, do you tell the same stories over and over and over again? So that'll just be like a teaser for something that will happen. But act surprised, you know, like you didn't hear before. So here he is, folks. Ty Lizzo, the one and only, right here on the 16-ounce canvas. That's right, the Art of Crap Beer podcast. Cheers. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Really excited to have with us today, joining us from San Diego, California, one of my favorite places on earth, the one and only Mr. Tyler Cristobal. You can play that off in your head if you say it really fast. Sounds like Crystal Ball. If you check out his artwork, he's got a little, little nod to that. My last name is Kieran's. No matter how you say that, you know, there's no cool artwork or anything you can come up with. So just don't spell it I E, spell it E I. But uh, Tyler, so, thanks so much for uh, for taking the time. How are you? Excellent. It's a yeah. pleasure being on the show. Yeah. And what's really cool, and this doesn't happen very often for us, um, is that Tyler and I got to hang out uh, in San Diego at Home Brewing. That's how we kind of learned of, of Tyler. Early on, he was, you know, tagging some of his, you know, work with with the sixteen ounce canvas hashtag, and I was there recently, about, I don't know, about a month and a half ago, I guess now, and you know, we got to hang out of a few beers and just kind of, just do a little pre-interview like we were professionals. So, so it's really <laughs> nice to, uh, it's really nice to connect. And we were just talking before. Tyler just got back from Japan, so I'm super jealous of that. So just really, uh, it's really good to oh, touch yeah. base again, man. For sure, yeah, it's, it's good to be on the show, and yeah, for sure to. to connect the the voice uh that i've been hearing for a while uh with the face so yeah the thing i tell her by the face made for radio so definitely it disappoints me <laughs> so it's good so so let's just kind of like how i know i asked you before but how is japan like just kind of like i don't know the thirty thousand feet view before we get into it i'm just like i'm so i just love when people travel so i'm just kind of like geeking out on that idea you're like oh yeah i won't be around for a while i'm, I'm gonna be in japan and i was like oh okay i'm gonna be still in connecticut <laughs> shoveling yeah it, in yeah in like a couple words it was like sensory overload um just there's these moments where you're in the middle of the city surrounded by thousands of people at you know any given time um and then at a, in another instance you're you know a little bit farther out in the middle of a temple and it's like absolutely you know peaceful so it was this cool like dichotomy between you know this crazy craziness and signs everywhere and uh, volume and then you get this like really serene kind of backdrop to everything so it was it was an awesome experience um i definitely want to plan another trip out there now what part of japan were you in we're mainly in tokyo um that's where um i mentioned earlier where our, our friend we went to um, san diego state with um she was uh studying with us on a student uh, visa and then eventually moved back so she was kind of on the on the cusp of moving back to the States, she, you know, gave us the opportunity to, to, you know, come out, have a place to stay and um, almost like a built-in tour guide. So it was cool to have her kind of take us around to the, the different 
um, you know, little every little uh, prefecture or part of Japan we went to, um, you know, it was a couple of train stops away, but it had a, you know, totally different vibe depending on where it was. So it was cool to see even just, you know, standing in the middle of like where she lived, uh, just the streets and the buildings and everything is just totally different from, you know, where, where I'm at now, San Diego. But um, and yeah, it was just a, a wild experience. Yeah. Go Aztecs, right? <laughs> what, what? Yeah, no, who's your yeah football player? Is it Marshall Falk, right? Is he a fam- Is he a San Diego State guy, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not very good with college sports, but, like, I was like, that's an Aztec. So I was like, checking it out. But, but yeah, I yeah, Japan and China, like, are huge for me on our bucket list. I mean, obviously, I would like to go to the Great Wall. Like, that's probably, like, top five for me, no doubt. Oh, for sure. But, yeah, I do like the dichotomy of it, like, the fact that there's, like, parts where it's, like, the most advanced – technologically and culturally and then you can go you know you know 100 miles into the you know into the smaller tier cities that are you know really agricultural and really you know have no tech presence at all and it's just it's just really yeah. wonderful that like they're able to kind of coexist you know that yeah, it's sure. really the generations it's 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 really wonderful actually I, that there's still that tradition and kind of legacy there but still in the future it yeah it just it kind of has the fuck with your head a little bit, right? It's just so many different, like you said before, sensory overload. There's so many different things and going on at one point. Totally, yeah. And they got their toilet game on lock. Like yeah. every toilet seat I sat on was like toasty and warm. Yeah. It washed your butt. Like it was just like, it, it, like saying little tunes while you're going, you know, it was just, yeah. Great. Right? Yeah, it's like, it's like a whole, yeah, it's a whole other <laughs> world. Like even, even when I was in um, the Netherlands, they have like outdoor toilets, like in like the square. It's like a whole weird thing, and like <laughs> you can see out, but like you can't see in. But like you're literally like in the middle of a street, not like in the middle of the street, but like on the sidewalk, <laughs> going to the bathroom. But like Just you, like I can see you. Down. Yeah, I can see you, but you can't see me. And like it's a whole. <laughs> and then if you like they have like pay toilets everywhere. Like you go out to like a bar, or like not the bar so much, but like I went to a club one time, and you like you had to wait in line and like give someone like change to use the bat it was a whole weird like it was like you know it was a whole weird thing but i've heard the asian yeah, yeah. yeah the asian toilet game is next level <laughs> for sure now before this gets into a weird place we're going to try to we're going to rope it back in here so i do apologize <laughs> for that but the the really cool the really you know how we learned of tyler is um there's a, a really cool spot in san diego and it was nice to be able to see it in person uh it's called home brewing and uh, home brewing company and what they do, and you can interrupt me if I'm wrong, is they're kind of they they play a really big part uh, in the the homebrew community. And so they have a you know they sell a lot of supplies, hops, you know materials, piping, you know kind of all the the kits and, and what have you. And then from there, it really expanded and grew into them. You know since they're already helping people brew, you know started to brew their own stuff. And there's really like a you know there's a tasting room right there in the middle. So it's kind of like a you know, a, a hybrid, you know, stop right there in San Diego. That's a good, that's a good assessment, right? Uh, I think that's a uh, testimonial for the website. Yeah. Boom. Put that there. Just send me the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just send me a couple, yeah, send, yeah, exactly. Send me a couple cans and we'll call it, we'll call it a day. But yeah. And, um, yeah, which I thought, we, which I think is really cool. We have, we have, there's one, uh, we have a place here in Canada called Malto Express and that's how I got into home. You know, I tried to home brew before. And, oh, cool. 
yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a disaster. I mean, it, it went fine, but I would, I would never do it again. I mean, I love, I, I have, so I have a new appreciation for just everything that goes into it. I try to do it in my kitchen, but oh, they, sure. they've yeah. expanded, you know, the place that opened up next to them became available. And so they bought that and they expanded that. So now they have, it's called Voracious Brewing and it's right next to home brew. So they still had this massive space, you know, one of probably the largest homebrew places in Connecticut and probably in New England, to be honest with you. And then right uh, next door, they, they kind of, the brews that they have in place. Yeah, so I, I, I really like that because, I, honestly, I had no idea. I thought the name was just cool. You know, home brewing is a really catchy name, and so it's it's really, really nice. And so, yeah, that's how we that's how we kind of connected with you. And um, so before we, you know, get back into that, we'll call that kind of our teaser. But, you know, what's kind of, you know, what, what's your story, Tyler? You know, how did you, how did you get into, you know, design and drawing and, you know, brought you to this point i mean this is where this is, this is your big moment to talk about yourself for a while and i'm just gonna go grab a beer and oh, come man. back in like 20 minutes <laughs> you're on the clock the, the, or, the yeah, origin story yeah i started calling it that and i really like that like i mean i like i'm a big like i'm not as big of a comic book guy as some other people but i, I just like the yeah, i like that idea so no pressure yeah. you know you, you don't have to have a superpower but i mean you can draw pretty well so that's, that's a pretty good superpower thanks yeah yeah i mean um so, I mean, I was born in 1983, so child of the late, you know, 80s and 90s. So a lot of, you know, pop culture from that era, um, I think, is probably my main influence. Um, a lot of, like, Saturday morning cartoons, like, um, I don't know, like, Voltron, Thundercats, He-Man, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, all that kind of good stuff. I think we're all kind of... Uh, fuel or inspiration for I think a lot of the um, I don't know aesthetic I guess um, from you know my art standpoint at this point um, but yeah um, between that and uh, I think a lot of uh, you know like kung fu movies or um, I think I at one point I had memorized uh, the entire uh, script to uh, Bloodsport uh, good old uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme so I had a lot of uh, uh, that that kind of influence growing up. So I naturally kind of inclined to drawing, you know, comics and superheroes and, um, you know, crazy like transformer vehicles and stuff like that. So I think that's a lot of where it started um, was just kind of like visually absorbing, um, you know, all the things around me and then just wanting to kind of like recreate those things and, you know, my own kind of world. Um but yeah, after, you know, before I started getting serious in it, um, throughout school, I think I kind of, you know, tried to, you know, take as many, uh, art related classes that were available. Um, one of the things my, I remember is my grandma always used to pick me up from uh, school and she'd take me to, uh, on the way home, there was a shop called comics and stuff, um, down in national city. And so I remember just, you know, just sitting there, you know, cruising through stacks and stacks of comics and not necessarily knowing like exactly what I was looking at, but just like absorbing all that content and, um, visual reference, I guess. Um, so that was, that was kind of a, a big part of, um, I guess my art, art influence growing up, um, in, uh, like towards high school, um, I started to, uh, mess around with, uh, some Adobe products, um, my friend uh, Jack Wager, he had uh, kind of the hookup on 
all things uh, digital and tech. And uh, he was kind of like the go-to guy, like your uh, uh, Mission Impossible guy that's on the keyboard. Um, he kind of had the, the hookup on all that stuff. So he um, got me the, some of the copies of uh, Photoshop and Illustrator. Um, and I just started messing around with that stuff casually um, just because it was kind of like this uh, way of taking really like, you know, crude drawings and kind of, you know, messing with them, scanning them in and messing with them further and just kind of, you know, playing around. And it was really, I, you know, if, if I needed to, to try and accomplish something, I would just, you know, hop hop online or, or look at tutorials and just kind of figure it out uh, on my own. And that was just kind of a, a, an intro and taste before I even, you know, thought of making some sort of career out of the whole thing. Um, but yeah, moving on to like uh, college, I, I went to um, San Diego State. Um, and initially when I uh, signed up, you know, my parents are both, uh, you know, pretty supportive and they're both creatives. My dad's uh, an executive chef and my mom was in, um, like she was a hair colorist. So they were like, you know, totally on board with whatever, you know, path I decided to go on. But there was other family members and, you know, conversations that I remember having. And, you know, I would mention like, oh, maybe following art as a career path. And, you know, they'd say, why do you want to, why do you want to do that? Like, you're not going to make any money doing that. Um, so that was always kind of a, uh, not a sticking point, but something that I had in the back of my head. So um, when I enrolled, um, I was initially going to um, go into computer science because I thought, okay, well, maybe I can, you know, bridge those two things and still make some money. Um, I was into like building computers and going to LAN parties and stuff like that. So I had definitely an interest um, in, in the tech side of it. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I can, you know, get into that and then, you know, maybe always do art on the side. So um, I ended up uh, signing up and going to the orientation for that uh, computer science program. And then I just saw like the list of like all the math classes that I had to take. And I was like, oh man, this is, this is just not going to work. So the next day I, I walked over to the, uh, the art department and, uh, you know, asked what do I need to do uh, to, you know, get, this, you know, this other path, you know, going, what classes do I need to take? So I kind of just did a, you know, 180 uh, within the first week of, of going to school there. Um, so that was kind of the, the setup. And then basically it, it, it's kind of, the program there is kind of set up as a, like a bachelor's of arts degree. Um, and then you can emphasize in a particular um, uh, field. Um, so a lot of the, the initial stuff is just like, you know, uh, design 101 and drawing and, you know, figure life drawing, figure drawing, um, 2D design, 3D design. Um, and then there's also like, you are always allowed to do some, um, uh, extra curricular kind of stuff. So I'd always have like a painting class. So I got super into, uh, painting. So that was kind of almost like a, a tangent or a similar parallel track to the, the design path um, before I started, you know, figuring out that, okay, graphic design is the thing that I should be focusing on or, or you know, trying to get into or break into. Um, but all that really didn't gel until I, um, I took an internship class. And I think that was one of the most pivotal moments um, going to state was because it, it hooked you up with, you know, it gave you a list of, um, design firms that were participating in the program and you basically got to um, 
apply just like you would for you know a normal position you go to the interview process and submit your resume and all that stuff and um i got uh, hooked up at uh, actually took two internships one was at a super small firm just one other um, person it was called oomph graphics and then the other one was uh, hollis brand culture and that was a, a little bit bigger it was probably like nine or ten people at the time but it was cool to, to kind of uh see you know the, the, the super small side of it and then a the little bit bigger agency side of it and, and kind of contrast those two things and, you know, get a feel for, you know, what kind of fit right um, prior to graduation. And it also kind of uh, puts you in check in terms of like what part of graphic design you felt yourself would fit in. Cause there's, you know, so many, there's, you know, online digital media, um, you know, is it more brand identity, logo design, um, the, the thing that I kind of latched onto when I was at Hollis Brand Culture was um, uh, environmental graphics and signage. <clears throat> that was kind of like something that I'd never really considered before. And it's kind of taking into account like the, the whole environment and experiential design. And when you walk into a space, um, you know, like a hotel, everything from, you know, the, the sign on the building to the napkins to the matches at the restaurant that's inside the hotel lobby or um, the key cards to do not disturb door hangers. Um, I just got exposed to like all these things that were like, Oh, like that makes sense. Like someone had to like actually put thought and, and meaning behind these tiny little, you know, these things are almost incidental and you don't really think about them when you're, when you're inside some of these spaces, but they really, you know, add to the whole experience. Um, so that was something that was really cool. So when I, uh, I had one more year to finish at San Diego State, so I went back, and they had, were actually offering an environmental um, signage class, so I took that. I also took a, a packaging class, um, which I, I got to do my first uh, uh, beer project, uh, where we got to basically kind of find a existing beer and kind of like re-image it or relabel it um, in the style that you know that, that we thought uh, better suited or or met that particular market. So that was, that was uh, my first little taste of uh, beer packaging. And um, uh, before, you know, I ever would have thought I would have been working on, um, you know, cans and bottles in real life, but um, yeah. So after, basically after um, I graduated, um, I put my book together and went back to Hollis because I really liked, you know, the stuff that they were working on. Um, and he basically, they brought me on to do um, just some freelance at first. And it was literally like, I don't know if you've ever been to, uh, if you've been to a hotel, you look at the back of the door, there's like a evacuation map that shows you like, you're here and this is, you know, how you get out in case the, bur the building burns down. Um, and so one of my first jobs was literally just like moving the dot and the room number like 300 times. Uh, for every single map so that was like something you, you don't think about either is like someone is like actually physically doing that manual labor um for you know certain design projects so it, it definitely like you, you learned how to do things a little bit quicker i think that the best like i think I, when i once started working at hollis i think the you know the first three months i felt like i you know went to school all over again and i kind of learned this whole other set of skills that you, know, you just can't you know learn uh, in a classroom environment. So, um, yeah, and that's, that's basically 
kind of where I've been since. I've been there for the past uh, 12 years, so it's been a pretty good ride. Yeah, and you're right. I think a lot of times that with good design and the way things are so seamless, you know, into an overall brand, especially at a hotel, there's so many little intricate things that you don't realize that. Like I never, I never thought that, but as soon as you told me about the sign behind the door, I knew what you're talking about, but I never thought, I never, you don't realize that it's every room's escape path. So it's kind of, there's no, way to, cause I mean, with, with some of this stuff, it's right. You can automate it or you figure, you know, shortcuts, but you can't really, you know, do that. Cause there's no, nothing's nested or like even looking at like a code way there's nothing to say okay if your room this it's that you know you can't just it gets kind of a, it's kind of an important thing to the level of detail you need totally yeah and you're and you're you know kerning like each number you know individually and just making sure all your letter spacing and everything's all perfect so yeah it's definitely something that you don't really put thought into but yeah it's someone's thought behind the screen clicking away on this <laughs> yeah right now every time you stay in a hotel right though you're always like man i appreciate that guy <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> man i'm glad i called that guy yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah because yeah, no one yeah no one appreciates that just even like the little cards that say you know environmentally friendly you know don't this green you know turn down your like all these little all these little tiny things yeah you know, it's really yeah yeah and just make it, yeah. I, I mean, I, I geek out on that stuff. I, I definitely, I through this project, I definitely have grown to appreciate topography and you know font and you know that type of layout a lot more because I think a lot of times the misconception with design and art is that it always has to be some sort of you know fictional or not you know something drawn and you know we've had some amazing you know uh, topography artists and so I think it's been a really it's really kind of just makes going through the normal day to day a lot, you know, a lot more interesting. Totally, yeah. And your work, you know, your work is a mix though. I mean, I definitely think you, you know, you have some really cool, you know, font and, you know, uh topography choices you make, but it's also you do have some storytelling and kind of whimsical work to your to your stuff. So it's kind of a it's kind of a cool hybrid of, you know, of your of your story to to kind of bring it all together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think there's I think there's a place for, for both things. Like if, if for one thing, yeah, I think, you know, anytime we take on a project at work or if I take on a project, you know, you want to kind of hone that, that storyline. And there's a certain way you talk about, um, you know, if, if it's a particular brand like home brewing co, I, I might, you know, consider the way we speak to that audience different than, you know, council brewing or bottle craft. So yeah, there's definitely, you know, the tone of voice and, um, you know, the, the craft or the story behind each, you know, brew, um, definitely kind of, we try to weave that in as, as much as possible. And then, you know, there's other times where it's just like, well, I'll get a story from, uh, George at the home brewing go, and it'll just be something, you know, completely wacky. Like, um, we did a collabo with, uh, Thunderhawk, um, and he just wanted this, like, you know, giant Thunderbird flying through the sky, like shooting laser beams and, you know, there was other than like just the cool factor, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, substance there, but, you know, aside from tying in the, the other collaborators brand. Um, but that's cool too, because I like that, that part of it too. It's more pop surreal and lowbrow. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you just casually, yeah, you just casually mentioned, you're like, oh yeah, when I do it, this brewery and this brewery and this brewery, you know, Jonathan, <laughs> which is no, it's just fucking awesome, dude. Like we, that's a, the cool thing. We came, you know, we came to learn a tile through his work with home. 
but he's uh you know done work he does work with you know capital brewing obviously you know home brewing and uh you know a few other folks as well so i mean i definitely you know and uh, probably missing a few of them uh is it abnormal beer company is that another folks you, you work with and then um there, yeah there's been fortunately a lot of the 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 projects i've worked on have been collaborations so um a lot of the ones through Bottlecraft, for instance are um he basically uh he's a bottle shop so he's pairing up with um local breweries um to do some sort of collaboration where he gets like his employees to go and help out on the brew day and they you know brainstorm on you know what what flavor or what style they want to make um yeah, and then so I, I get to kind of um you know dive into the collaborators brand and kind of see their story and how how that can be woven in um with bottle craft or, or whichever um collaborators is coming together okay now question how did you come obviously i said we found you from home brewing how did you kind of come to to team up with the the crew over there i mean i think that's a key piece of the story uh that we'd love yeah. to, love to hear about for sure yeah um that was yeah that home brewer was definitely my first um kind of dabble into the craft beer scene uh, in terms of like branding um in san diego and uh i think what had happened is um, I had a mutual friend, um, Kwa, who had worked with, um, uh, this is kind of like six degrees of separation. Um, uh, he had worked with uh, someone that was uh, basically they'd have like bottle shares and we'd all get together and, you know, bring some beers. And, uh, and this guy always showed up with, you know, these two blank growlers and they'd be some sort of homebrew uh, that he just whipped up and they were always like super good. Um, and I, I came to kind of, you know, know him casually, this is George. Um, but it wasn't until, uh, our, his other friend, uh, uh, Dan and Jen, uh, who are both like super, super awesome beer aficionados. Um, they were getting married and they had you know, seen some of my work, um, you know, just, just at, uh, Hollis and some of the other stuff I've been doing. And they were like, hey, can you do our uh, wedding invites? So I got to do those. And that, those are cool. It was kind of like this uh, uh, band poster kind of theme. They were, they were super into music and beer. So it was like the perfect um, collaboration. Um, so basically, he, you know, he was in the wedding or George was in the wedding. And so that was kind of like when it was like, okay, like he approached me later and was like, hey, I have this, you know, idea for a project that I want to kick off. I'm, going to get this space in uh, North Park um, and it's going to be, you know, a, a resource center for homebrewing goods, you know, what you to do the branding. Um, so that was kind of how we initially met. Um, and we hadn't, hadn't really had too many conversations before that, but we just kind of hit it off. And um, he was just a super knowledgeable guy. Like if you talk to him, you know, you could just, you know, listen to him for hours, just like, you know, waxing poetic on, on beer recipes or, you know, styles of beer. Um, so he kind of charmed me a little bit to say the least. Um, but the, you know, one of the things that has continually kind of come up is like, uh, the, you know, the budget issue and startups, you know, for sure have, you know, very small budget. So that was kind of an issue, not an issue, but just something that we kind of worked through. So I ended up doing kind of a trade deal for a percentage of, of ownership. So I actually have a little bit of ownership, um, uh, in the home brewing co. So that's kind of the tie in there. Um, 
but yeah, so, so that was like in, I think 2013, I think is when he, uh, or 2000, I think 2013 was homebrewing co, but the home, oh, the homebrew was like 2012. Um, and so once he kind of got, you know, his, um, store up and running, that's when he, the space next to him, um, became available. So he scooped that up. Um, and then, you know, came to me again with, uh, uh, this kind of idea of like, okay, now we can, now we've kind of established ourselves as this, you know, resource center for brewing supplies. Uh, we want to actually like make beer and have this conversation with the community. And, you know, if they uh, have questions or they want to try a specific beer um, or we can brew in a specific style, they can try it and then literally walk, you know, right next door and buy all the ingredients to make that beer. Um, so it was, you know, less about, um, you know, marketing and getting cans and, you know, doing that whole thing. And it was more about, you know, keeping it educational and, um, you know, having classes and, um, you know, keeping the, the community aspect of it um, as the, you know, the, the priority or focus. And then this, this last year, it's been pretty fun because there's been a big push for um, kind of producing at least one uh, new label every month. So that, that's been, a, that's been fun. Yeah, no, it was a community when I was there. I mean, it, it was, you know, there's a few of us degenerates at the bar, and uh, you know, it was good. it was it was good. But there was a like it was it was really great. There was a lot of people that were in there, and it wasn't just transactional. It was like I mean, it was collaboration in its purest form. You know, I, I, yeah. I watching. You know, there was you know three or four different groups of people coming in. They had these ideas, trying to understand, and you know, getting recommendations. And it wasn't. I don't know, because I feel a lot of times with some stuff, it's just kind of like, okay, you want to buy like buy this, but I felt like, well, I would use this hopper, you know, this malt, you know, this malt, you know, or, or what have you, or you know, these grains might be yeah. better for what you're trying to do, and it was it was just, gen- I mean, I was definitely just watching from afar, but it was really genuine. You could see, and there, then there's folks that come in, you could tell they come in there all the time, and so it's a uh, it's a it's a good place. I, I like places like that, and. The cool part was, dude. I, mean, I wasn't. Ex- I wasn't planning to go there. You know, I didn't know if we'd be able to connect, and we did. And so it was really kind of. Yeah. It was unexpected. You know, it was and it's ridiculously close to Tornado. So I mean, I, I love San Diego. <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I could stay there for a week. I mean, it was just. It was. It's just a great place. Yeah. And those fucking scooters are awesome too. I mean, I'm, that's totally. <laughs> Told me I don't think they're loved uh, locally. I think we talked about that, but those those lime scooters, man, whew, they're great. They're, yeah, there's definitely two sides. Of the, oh yeah, the, the I, sense on that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've told. I, I definitely didn't tell you this. So after I saw you, you know, I went and I got into it. You know, I went to Pure Project, Ale Smith, McKellar, yeah. and then I went back to another place. And so it was just, oh, it, man. it was a little, a little foggy, right? And so and the Lime scooters, <laughs> and folks, if you don't know, like if you know what a Razor scooter is when you were a kid, these are like Razor scooters on like steroids. Like they're big. Steroids, they yeah. go like 20 miles an hour. It's ridiculously cheap and you have an app and you unlock it and you, just zip around town. I mean, it's it's kind of good, and it's definitely. I think later at night probably gets a little more dangerous. But you're supposed to, once, game, yeah. yeah. Once you get off them, you're supposed to like lock them up, like through the app, like lock it, and then they take a picture and they come and pick it up, and people charge in. It's a whole like, like you know, way to make a few extra bucks. And so, yeah. The, the next morning, because the thing, uh, what happened? My phone died, and so I I couldn't I couldn't lock it up. 
So I just stopped and put it somewhere. And so the next morning, I check my like my card, and it's like sixty or seventy bucks. Yeah, and I was like, and everything I read was that it only goes twenty miles like max on the battery. And so you could see the map. I don't know if I still have it. I should do a screen cap. If I do, I'll post on Instagram. But it went. You could see the path. It went sixty miles. It went like sixty-five miles from where I was in, in Little Italy in San Diego to all the way past like. Um, where are the where where are those sea lions? It's like is that Coronado, right? Where's that? Uh, no, uh, La, Jolla, La Jolla, La Jolla, La Jolla, right? Yeah, it was yeah. way past there, and you could see it, like went on the highway, oh, and like in my head, it, it would have been amazing. Like maybe I got so drunk, I just didn't remember <laughs> driving, but like I just did the math, and it was like sixty five, sixty over sixty miles away in less than an hour. So wherever it was, this little scooter had to be going like sixty five, seventy miles an hour. <laughs> It was obviously the back of yeah, like it would have been. I mean, that would have been an amazing story, right? But I feel like I I'd probably would end up on the news, or like in Mexico, like I, if I could have done that. Like it was just so yeah. That was that was it was so I had so I had like their their tech support was wonderful. They refunded me all my money, but I was yeah. I just I just basically explained the simple math of it all, and they were like, yeah, you're right. It was cool. <laughs> so that lime life, those lime scooters, man, I'm all about it. <laughs> Yeah, so they're, yeah, right, they're, yeah, they're convenient. Yeah, they're dangerous, but they're awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw a thing where like they broke. Like there's a whole line of them that like had to be recalled because they were like breaking, like just snapping in half. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely uh, since they launched it. Like any one that I've been on since then, like either the brake like goes out or the gas is stuck or something wonky. So yeah, it's, I try not to. I try not to use them as often. Yeah, that's a shame. That's a moment of silence moment right there. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, so you're, so you're, you know, you're, you're the, the the cans and the labels are coming out more frequently. What is kind of what's your, as in one kind of step back and then we'll go too forward. What's your, what is your kind yeah. of your process? How are you, are you, you know, are you sketching them? Are you, you know, are you still, are you an Adobe guru? I do like before how you nicely referred to your friend as like a tech guy, basically. But if knowing your age, you were nicely saying that you used to pirate software and your friend was the guy that could do it, which I, I respect. Uh, that's the no, Yeah, I get that. Because, yeah, because now I love Adobe products and you only get like a week trial. And so I'm, it's really expensive. And But, yeah, like when I had a PC, I could just borrow, you know, an education, quote unquote, version and I'd be fine. But you, they got, they're much smarter with the Macs these days. I'm, I'm the slave to them now. Yeah. So it's, it's now the only thing I can do is maybe use them as a write-off. So there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So what, what are you, are you all digital? Do you, is it a, do you, do you sketch and then scan? How, what's the, what's the process like? Yeah, it, it depends. I mean, no matter what, usually I'm, I'm always, um, you know, doodling or, or starting with um, even if it's just real crude pencil sketches, just a, I think the ideation happens so much easier when you can, you know, just bang out, you know, 20 small little thumbnails um, in one shot. And then, and then you can kind of pick and choose from there, which ones you think, you know, might actually have some value. So uh, yeah, I tend to start with uh, pencil and paper, um, just pretty old school. And that's the same thing at, at our, you know, my full-time gig is, you know, anytime we start a new project where we're pretty much, you know, words, I think, come up a lot more than you would think as a graphic designer it's it sounds very visual but a lot of it um you know has to do with uh wordsmithing and language and ideation so 
you kind of go through a whole process of, you know, the naming, for instance. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll get to jump in on that. A lot of times, you know, they'll, they'll come to me with the name already um, or they'll ask for feedback on that. So that, that's kind of like the starting point is uh, the name of the beer, um, the, you know, what style they're going for. And then if there's any particular story that they have, you know, behind it and, and why they're brewing it, um, and that's kind of the foundation. And then from there, yeah, it's just a, a lot of thumbnails and then I'll kind of, you know, pick the, you know, the top two or three from there and then, you know, either, you know, snap a photo. Now it's like so easy. You can just snap a photo with your phone and it's almost like scanning it. Um, send that over to, you know, the old, uh, Adobe machine. And I usually primarily work in, um, Adobe illustrator, um, especially on, uh, you know, most of the stuff is stuff that I kind of gravitate towards is, is really clean vector lines. I do like to go in after, um, uh, post in Photoshop and, you know, add any kind of textural brushes, um, or a lot of times I'll do like bitmap, um, uh, files that have, um, kind of almost like a, a silk screen kind of feel to them. Um, with the dot patterns and it's cool with those, you can bring them into illustrator and you can, you know, hit them with a, a color and it'll change on the fly. So it's still it's a, kind of this mix between raster and uh, vector, but yeah, primarily illustrator. Um, and then I'll just kind of ideate from there. Um, it's, it's pretty easy to kind of, you know, copy paste and do another option, copy paste, do another option. So at the end of the day, your artboard just looks like this, you know, massive, cluster fuck pardon my french but um and then you kind of pick and choose from there like which ones are driving and then you hone that down refine it further and then you know keep refining keep refining until you know i have a couple options that are worthy of you know, presenting for kind of a first round with the client um and then yeah and then from there it's kind of a back and forth with feedback um the awesome thing about um most of um the beer clients is they're, they're pretty easy. Um, it's usually like there might be like a legal, you know, snag where you got to, you know, make sure you have the right formula or you got to have the right ABV or, you know, you have to spell out alcohol by volume or, you know, some little nitpicky thing that the TTB will, will pick up on. Um, but otherwise it's like, oh, this is awesome. Like they're just super stoked. And that's, that's kind of a contrast to some of the stuff from the day job because you're constantly in like the state of, you know, rev, 1.1.2 and then rev rev and then revision revision rev you know you're just constantly re saving and renaming files you know uh, after every round so it's nice to, to be able to like just jump in and do something cool and then have someone be really stoked on it yeah i i think that yeah the part of the story where the the corporate gig helps you helps the other gig with you know, you're, at that point, you've probably seen so much back and forth or kind of tedious nitpicking that it's like, oh, that's all you got? Cool. I can fix that pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yo. Uh -huh. Yeah, yo. Uh -huh. Yeah, yo. And we are back. Yeah, y'all. That's right. This is still the 16-ounce canvas. I always feel like an asshole whenever I do that because you're, unless you've clicked on something else, I mean, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't leave us. So you're surprisingly still listening to the 16-ounce canvas. We do appreciate it. 
you know, it's cool if you just want to subscribe. You don't have to listen to it. You know, pads the stats, but we love that you're listening. We love that you're supporting Tyler. We love you're supporting us. And we're just having a good old time together. So give it up to you. Pat yourself on the back this holiday season. Wherever it is, wherever you are, we celebrate you. We wish you happy holidays. And now, the reason I wish you happy holidays is because there's a lot of fucking holidays. And I don't want to be disrespectful to you. As long as you're with your family, being a good person, living the golden rule, I don't care what your holiday is. I don't think that I picked a religion or not religion better than somebody else. Just be a good fucking person. And so, I mean, obviously, you know, saying like that is not probably the most kind way to do it. But by the time this one airs, we'll be getting ready for the weekend, getting ready for those kind of days off from work, last minute shopping. Try to get some meaningful gifts. You don't got to spend a lot of money to let someone know how important they are to you. Simple things. Tell them you love them. Tell them how important you are to them. Write them a letter. Get a nice picture or a special moment that you guys remember. Get one for them. Get one for yourself. So then you know that they have that. You share that moment. You share it together. When you look at that photo, you don't obviously remember the moment, but then you know that they have that same moment that you shared with them. Hopefully somewhere important for them. I don't know. I like giving photos. I think it's cool. I think it's important. It's nice. I like when you go to people's houses and they have photos all around the house of, you know, folks they love, folks they've lost, memories, life, shared experiences. And I think it's cool when you give a, you know, give a photo. So that's my little advice for trying to figure out some gifts this holiday season. Head on down to your local, I don't know, Walgreens, CVS, wherever it is. It's ridiculously cheap. You know, a couple, couple cents. You get a couple photos made. There's definitely a few frames on sale. Boom, there you go. Because it's not how much you spend. It's the fact that you're thinking about somebody. But doing this episode, it was really cool. Like I said, the fact we got to meet beforehand. Ty was a great host when I was in San Diego. And we met up. He hooked me up with some beers. He hooked me up with a, one of his crystal ball pieces, which is dope. And it was just a really good experience. It was just nice that... And probably for him, I think it was he made it a little easier. I don't think I'm intimidating, but I feel that because we've done this so much that we can just kind of wing it, and we really just kind of try. I and mean, that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to bullshit or trying to make it stuffy. So I think one of the the comfort level makes it, you know, makes it laid back, and that's what we're trying for. We don't edit a ton, and so it's just a it's just a good episode. I think this is a, this is a fun one. You know, we uh, we definitely vibed, and I think it helped. We had that you know pre pre-interview slash drinks slash kind of just hanging out, which was cool. And it's just nice to be in a new city and have someone be kind of a tour guide, which is cool because we were talking earlier in the episode about him being in Japan. So it just kind of all comes full circle, you know? Akuna Matata, circle of life, all that shit. So let's just get back into it. That's why you're here. That's where you're, you know, checking out. Support Tyler, Ty Lizzo. TylerCristobal.com, 16OunceCanvas.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, hashtag it, do it up. Nothing but love, folks. That's all I got for you. Here it is, part two. Ty Lizzo, the crystal ball himself, the wizard, the genie, the Houdini. 
We can do that all day, but I don't think folks are going to want to hear that. So let's get into it. Part two, episode fucking 92, Noventa y Dos. You heard. So what's the, in, in, in the beer game, what's the typical life cycle or like how much time do you usually have, you know, between, hey, Tyler, we have mm. this new, you know, new can coming, new beer coming down the pike, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's varied too with, with home brewing co, um, we set up, um, kind of a system. Uh, I know it's, I hate the word, but it's a a spreadsheet. Um, but it has kind of a, a calendar of, um, milestones where we kind of, we have been trying to get it to where it's, you know, at least six months out. Um, usually that's never the case though. Um, for this year, it was pretty ambitious. So we wanted to do at least, um, you know, one per month, if not two per month. So um, the other issue that we were coming up against was kind of like the, you know, the format. Um, Cause it, at first we started to do um, just kind of like the traditional sticker wrapped around the beer can. And then uh, from there it was, it kind of became a, a, a cost factor. So we were kind of going between different vendors and trying to figure out like, okay, what's, you know, because he's not doing super huge runs. He's doing maybe like 250 of our particular style of beer when normally you're, you're selling pallets of, you know, one label. Um, so we kind of worked out a deal um, with this, this one vendor where we could kind of uh, do a design per row on a pallet. So we would need to get our, you know, a couple rows. So we can kind of divvy up, you know, four pieces of art or four different cans uh, on one pallet, and then that, they would kind of run it all as one um, uh, one whole shot, and then they basically be stacked in order of release so that they could store them and then use them as or pull them out as needed. So that was kind of like the the setup where we'd have um, kind of like these three month windows where it had to have basically you know four labels done within that three month window. Um, but some of the times, uh, a lot of it comes down to like you know, getting the final gravity on the beer and just like the little, you know, minutiae, if they had to tweak the recipe or, or change some of the verbiage, some of that has to get, you know, changed closer to the deadline. So yeah, ideally I have like, you know, at least a, a week and a half um, before like a first round uh, concept presentation. And then usually after that, it's like a, you know, maybe one more week with revisions and then uh, setting up final art. Um, I do, I have kind of, uh, learned basically every can I, I learn a little bit more. Um, and I like to play with the, uh, the white layer, um, on a lot of the shrink wrap cans. And that's been a cool kind of feature because you can, you know, dial in where you want <clears throat> some of the can metallic to be exposed to the ink yeah, like or that. if you just want op- opaque white. So that, that's been a cool thing to kind of play with, uh, you know, the metallic quality on certain parts. And that's always kind of a crapshoot because sometimes, you know, if you use a lighter color on the metallic, it kind of just disappears. Um, so some, there's been, you know, more successes than, uh, than failures, but uh, definitely each can I kind of learn like a new, uh, a new little tidbit. Yeah. I like, yeah, I think, I think it's cool when I too. It's just kind of like three-dimensional chess to look at it that way thinking of, you know, that, Obviously, you're limited with your prints, you know, what you can do and the number of colors you have to work with. And so people get really creative. Yeah. It's pretty excellent. I, mean, I love I, I love them when the metallic shines through or 
I mean, see now some of the cans people are using are, are, are base black cans, and so they have that as the foundation of the color. So yeah, yeah. yeah one of my favorites of yours is the is the thirty two balloons. It's it's such a it's so yeah. It's just I mean it's just a, it takes you back to childhood. It has like that simple it has a little kind of up vibe to it, but it's you know it's simple and it's just you know the red can really pops and has the warmth of it. So it's really uh that was one of the first ones that and I think um I don't know the name of the beer but it's kind of like the the jaws slash like aviator shark face I guess with shark with lasers or things I think that's what it's called and that was another one yeah, that was yeah, kind of yeah. like that it was just really yeah it really worked it, yeah it reminded, that one reminds me of like a like you'd see like a fighter pilot like have like the drawings on the side of their of their plane totally, yeah. yeah I don't know if that's yeah. what you're going for but yeah I dug that oh for sure, yeah. They have a little toy at the at the shop. It's like a shark with a laser pointer. Um, but yeah, definitely some uh, Austin Powers uh, references there. Yeah, freaking laser beams, right? Yeah, so it's good. <laughs> well, it's good. No, and I, and I think that I think you see it now more. I think people. Um, there's one like I, I I don't mind. I like references, but I I I I've come to I don't know if I say dislike, but just when it's like such an obvious like very uncreative like rip off of something like it's one thing to kind of tip the cap but ba- but like to draw the exact cap is kind of a is kind of weak yeah. so I, i've i've you got you got yeah. you got to put a spin on it yeah i think i think you do and it's it's not easy and i think that it's definitely people are super fucking nitpicky now too though like what what that counts <laughs> with right i mean i think Sure. People, you know, there's a great Instagram account I follow up, Intellectual Pooperty, and it's just like it just shows like, <laughs> it shows all the people that just like rip off like it's not even like it's not even trying to like the one was like instead of like uh instead of like Burt Reynolds, it was like Brute Reynolds, like for a brute IPA. And it was like it was a picture of Burt Reynolds. Like it wasn't even trying to like it wasn't even trying to like be, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it's like come on. And real, real quick, folks. We, yeah, we haven't even we haven't plugged Tyler's sites. You know, obviously he's gonna get a ton of followers from this. Ty Lizzo is his Instagram, T Y, yes. as in thank you, Lizzo. Not like the beautiful, voluptuous, amazing rap artist, but L I Z O. So don't don't confuse the two. If you see if you see Tyler, you you would get why that's pretty hilarious. You know, they're, they're kind of the the yin and yang of the spectrum in that regard. And then uh, Tyler's website is Tyler Cristobal, but it sounds like Crystal Ball, but it's C R I S T O B A L dot com. And you can see, you know, it's uh, probably like most of our artists. I, I can only wonder the last time you got a chance with your your multiple hats got to uh, update that. But it's uh, it's it has a really nice layout, and I think it when you kind of dive into the different projects, it really shows them, you know. Really, kind of really intricately. Whoever's doing your photographs is doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah, there's been a couple of different photographers, um, depending on uh, you know, who the collaborator was. Um, but yeah, super, super thankful for um, you know those those awesome photos. They definitely help to uh, elevate the work. Yeah, there's the one, the wax poetic. I mean, with the B on the like that's. I mean, I, I don't even know how you did that, but that, I mean, I, I assume that's a digital B, but it looks pretty real to me. Yeah, no. So yeah, the funny, there's a funny story behind that. Um, uh, he was actually in his studio and a B flew in to the studio. I think he had like an open garage or something and he was able to catch it. No, no bees were harmed in the photographing <laughs> of the label, uh, the label, but uh, he, I think he, 
I think you put it in the fridge or the freezer and it kind of, I think that slows down like the bees, you know, whatever movements. So he, you know, let it, he let it thaw out and it kind of flew uh, like he just kind of like put it right on the label and like took a couple shots and then it flew away. So that was kind of a, a weird kind of happenstance moment, but it worked out. Yeah, I, I, yeah, bees freak me out. I mean, I think they're amazing, but yeah, I got stung. <laughs> I got stung a bunch when I was a kid. They scare, they scare the yeah, shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my my dad does not do podcasts, so I can kind of give him a hard time. I remember when I was a kid, and he was like, "All right," so like we had like a downstairs driveway, and he was like, "Don't, I'll be right back, son. Don't move." And I'm like, "Okay." And all these bees came out from our like weird like old trash can, and like they're coming at me. And I'm oh, like, "Well, no. dad, dad said not to move." And the fucking thing got me like right between the eyes. And I was like, you told me not to move. And he's like, oh, shit. in a way he was like, are you an idiot? Like, you fuck, I mean, it's like a, not like a literal, my kids are like that sometimes too. I'd be like, I'll be back in a minute. And like, now the little one can count. And he's like, one, two. And he's like, one, two. It counts as 60 <laughs> seconds. And I'm like, oh, so now it's like every, yeah. So, but yeah, it's a beautiful picture. Again, if you go to tylercristobal.com, it's right there. Wax poetic. There's a bee there, and it's just, I mean, it, yeah, it's kind of, it's a perfect photograph. So, you know, tip of the cap to that guy. Yeah, yeah for sure. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, so, with your, with your back, I mean, your story's pretty great. I mean, I, I like the fact that you went to school and you thought you were going to be in computers and, you know, the classic, like, you're not going to make any money in art, but then you just did, <laughs> did what was true to who you were, you know? I, I, I love that. You know, it's really, you know, it's not easy, you know, but I think I, I like it. I think I feel now there's a little, you know, it's, it's a, it's a better time to, to do what, you know, kind of the other generations thought were a waste of, waste of time and money. And so I think there's way more outlets for that and people see the importance of great branding and design. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you like, I told you so folks, what were you thinking now? Right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, for the most part, I, yeah, I think everyone was, was fairly supportive and, but, you know, a lot of times it's like, you know, you, you go to the family gatherings and, and whatnot and they're like, what do you do again? And it's kind of this vague uh, thing. I'm like, I make the, the thing that looks like that, that, you know, talks about this. It's, it's very like esoteric and they don't, they don't, can't really quite wrap their heads around it. Or it's like, I, I did the sign for that. And they're like, did you, well, you like welded the sign and put the electrical. I was like, no, 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 no. Like I did the design and it, it's just, it becomes a whole explanation and drawing diagrams. And You're an electrician like, now, yeah. Tyler. Did you hear that? He's an electrician. <laughs> oh, so that's an admirable craft. No, I just drew like the cover for the thing that goes over the, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> like you do websites can you do my website oh, <laughs> god that was the worst i think i, I yeah. yeah i've gotten drawn yeah, back into yeah. that a few times again my family says they listen <laughs> and i know they don't listen so if you're listening family <laughs> don't ask me to do your websites <laughs> yeah you'll you'll find out yeah if you if you ever when you get keep as you grow you know you keep doing these you know you say stuff and you're like you're like oh i shouldn't say that because some like so and so and you're like they don't fucking listen to you. You know what I mean? They're not gonna listen to you. Like, yeah. Like come knocking. Yeah, this is like gonna be like ninety something episodes. Like I'm like, eh, if I listen to if people listen to one, I'm like happy about it. But I'm like, eh, they're not they're not this far into the into the into the game. So yeah. So if you wanna this is the part where you, it, yeah. 
that's nuts. That by the way, just congratulations. That's that's an insane feat in and of itself. Yeah, right. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, we're we've pretty much locked down <laughs> season nine, which will put us over a hundred, and then yeah, we're looking. Yeah, I I'm just kind of in shock, but it's I don't know. It's been it's been perfect. So I get to meet folks like yourself. I get to travel. And have friends, you know, around the country now. So it's it's pretty yeah. self, it's pretty awesome. And so it just makes me appreciate, you know, all the hard work. Um, before you were talking about your files and revision this one two three one one one. This is one of my newer <laughs> questions, and I love it. And so I, I'm I'm psyched to hear what your answer is going to be. Um, and yeah, what is your naming convention for your files? Um, so a, a lot of that um, I picked up, you know, working at an agency for. Uh, X amount of years, and it's you know it's it's always kind of a a battle to kind of you know you're you're working with other people and there's multiple hands on every file and there there has to be some sort of system in place because you go to you know open up this file and then there's all these broken links and you know it's on someone's desktop and they didn't save it to the server and all these issues so it, it definitely like it kind of carried that over you know, into my, my personal work and filing system. So I have a separate server where I have all my files and I just kind of work off that. And it's up, linked up to a, a backup, you know, in case, you know, something happens and that explodes. So I have some, some, a couple of different backups. And then as far as naming, I, um, I usually, so at work we have uh, these things called job jackets and uh, it's, it's kind of a love hate thing because it's, it's still kind of a paper trail that, tracks you know any kind of um you know meeting notes and uh project information all kind of organized in different subfolders um but it really kind of mirrors like how your server is built so we usually have like a, a six digit um code and that's usually tied to the year um and then there's usually to, everything's underscore no spaces i'm not a fan of spaces and file naming um, that yes. really goes back to like my windows days um and so yeah everything's there's a three uh, three digit client code underscore client name underscore you know whatever that particular project is those are all organized by folders um with you know associated links um reference imagery uh meeting we have backup digital meeting notes um so it's 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 hyper organized um, Jesus, for you know a, a good reason. Yeah, meeting notes. Whew, that's brutal. Hopefully not yeah, the yeah. person who got to take it. Yeah, I was on a I was in a um, organization, my real job, and, and I was the secretary for a couple of years on the the board of this one organization. It was the one of the worst jobs ever, trying to keep notes of everybody talking. It was like, oh god. Yeah. Because I'm like super chatty. I'm like, I have my opinions and I'm like, do I want to talk? And I get to like write down. I'm like, eh. just a lot of times I would just like put my hand down. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, whatever. But yeah, no, I like, do you use underscores or do you use just all one word, like camel back them? Uh, under, uh, underscores. If it's um, usually underscores between the, the like client the, number, okay. client code, and then if there's like, you know, if it's like signage round one, signage round two, you know, that kind of thing. So is that how your versions are based? They use round? Is that is that the kind of like your version ideation? Like Yeah, you yeah, yeah, pretty much. At home, I'm a little bit more lax with it. It'll, sometimes it'll just be one, two, three. Um, it's not as not as uh, strict, but still, still the basic uh, file structure applies. Cool. Yeah, I do. I don't, it's not. I'm not like I haven't mastered it 100, but it's it's pretty base. It's client 
underscore. Um, I usually put my initials in the file just because. Uh, just so I, I know. I, yeah, I just do that because I know, like, I, I mean, I'm 90% of the things I work on are myself, but I just do, I think I just, when I used to do, like, websites and do other projects and I would share with people, like, potentially share. Yeah. I'd wanna, I just want to own, like, that was mine, so I would do that. I think I do our company. If it's at work, I'll do my company name, and then I'll do, uh, let's see, like, the name of the project, like, a short, obviously not the whole thing, but just kind of, like, a couple words so I know what it is, underscore the date, but I do it in European way so i do day then i do a three uh three letters for the month then i do a two let two numbers for the year underscore then like the version that's how i do it but yeah i don't do spaces either uh-huh. that goes back to my html uh you know geocity days so it would render yeah. shit weird <laughs> right it's my it's definitely it's a it's a probably i, I haven't i've only asked that question probably for the last like 10 interviews but i, I oh i love it it's so good it just i I'd like people are like have their own way of doing it i don't understand spaces that bothers me i i, yeah, I don't, I don't mind dashes i don't mind dashes but i don't i don't like spaces yeah it's definitely more friendly for the mac environment um i think they've incorporated spaces for a long time but definitely yeah, i think windows always kind of forced some sort of mash or, or single kind of line or composite kind of a text. Yeah. Or I'll put like, yeah. if it's a, if it's really early on, and I don't want anybody to use it. I'll put like rough draft or something in all caps, but usually I'm pretty good. Like I'll camel back it like first word of me capitalized. I try to do that, but if it's something yeah, I definitely yeah. like, or like preview kind of, or internal or something like that, just so if somebody sees it, they don't, Send that off to anybody. Sure. Yeah. Same. Same goes for when you're inside the file too. Like I, I usually try to label all my layers. So if anyone you know tries to jump on that file and they're like, "What the hell did this guy do?" Um, at least there's some sort of roadmap that they can kind of you know find where certain things are if they're, if they're locked on a specific layer or uh, you know they can quickly find those. So. So you're a T player. Most other people would be like, I want to keep, if somebody's working on my file, fuck them. I don't want them to touch my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Make it super confusing. Yeah. Like hidden layers. Yeah. And, it, yeah. yeah. It depends on, yeah, it depends on the project. Usually I try and, you know, if, if I'm in a rush and I just got to blast something out, like I usually don't really care. I'll just, you know, have a million things on a giant artboard and just, you know, take a screenshot of the things I'm going to share and, and just send it off. Awesome, awesome. Now, you work at a few different breweries. You know, you're in San Diego, which is a wonderful place to be, sans beer or anything else. But what kind of what you know, what kind of beers are you drinking? What kind of styles are you into? Oh man, um, I got to go with the the tried and true uh, Steel Reserve and uh, Nikki's. <laughs> um, no, I, I think growing up, I, I, uh, I yeah, I, it kind of didn't really know what craft beer was for, you know, a long time. I think we'd, I would just get together with my buddies and we just like literally just chill in a parking lot and just drink like forties. And, uh, so it wasn't until in college where I had a, I met a friend who was a uh, stone, uh, brewing co nut and he had like all of the vertical Epic series and he was like saving them all. And, um, I think I tried arrogant bastard or, you know, one of their, you know, you're not worthy style IPAs. And it was just like a, you know, a punch to the face. And that was kind of like where I, I kind of got hooked on it. So I, I think a, a West coast style IPA, um, 
a few of my go-tos probably be, uh, uh, I mean, Pliny the Elder for sure, uh, Russian River. Um, Alpine Brewing Co., they make some awesome, awesome IPAs, uh, Pure yeah. Hoppiness Duet. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely in the last you know year or so, this, this uh, New England style craze has been uh, making its way yeah it's uh, so weird side here it's so weird yeah um so i'm seeing a lot of the you know the hazy juicy ipas um you know they're they're everywhere now yeah um so but i definitely like to dabble in those and, and give them a shot um usually i can only do a couple of those and then i gotta switch back to um either either that or, or maybe like a, a stout or something yeah i it was it was one of the highlights of my trip was um, and now, I mean, the legal weed was cool too, but no, like one of the, the really, it was sitting down at Tornado and they had five hour, you know, plenty pints on tap. And I sat down, I had one of those and a burger and plenty one of the first beers I really was like, went, tried to get a hold of. I remember I had somebody, I, a colleague at my old, like a couple jobs ago that worked in like near there. And he sent me like four bottles, and I remember getting them. Like we have people over the Super Bowl every year, and I remember that. I just remember that first Pliny, and so to me that was one of like the first when I really got into craft beer and into trading beer. You know that and like Heady Topper and their their OGs, and it was just it was perfect to sit down and have that. And so it was nice for me while I was out there. You know, Pure Project has some more of the you know the juicier beers, and McKellar had, yeah. had a few, but it was really nice. I mean, even even the um, the Tony Gwynn, I don't, I don't know his batting average. I want to say three fifty four. You know the three fifty four pale ale from uh, Al Smith. You know just three nine four. Yeah, three nine four. Yeah, it was just nice to have. You know that West Coast little little pioneer. You know I think it's harder to do. You know there's a lot of debate over the the juice craze. <laughs> you know because a lot of times you just you throw they th- you know they, some of these people just throw in extra adjuncts or ad- additives and things and kind of cover up some stuff and you know do that but it was yeah. just it was just it was that was like the that that was like a that and going to the um the speakeasy at Ailsmith. if you haven't done that man you should go there that that was that place is incredible it's inside the tap room at Ailsmith is the they have a speakeasy and it's like called the something in anvil and it's it's killer it's like all their barrel aid speedways and like special beers it was really cool yeah, we did that. Uh, we were doing a, a guided kind of brewery tour up there, and uh, we got to stop in there. That was yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, Jamaica. Anything with Jamaica, you know, Blue Mountain Coffee, just having a cup of it, and then they have all those speedways with that. And so, I was chatting them up. I was probably you know not three sheets, but like two and two and three quarter sheets of the wind. And I was talking about, but it was just crazy. Cause my head, like my, my biological, my clock was like, it was late at night, but it was like eight 30. And they're probably like, who the fuck is this guy? And I was like, I love to make a blue mountain coffee. It was like on nitro that night. And like, then the woman like went in the back and pulled me out, like, you know, a special velvet speedway from like, you know, 17 or 16. And I was just like, wanted to like, oh, hug yeah. her. I was like, "You're the best. That's so great, yeah." Yeah, it was. Yeah, they have like a Vietnamese coffee one that's insane. Yeah. Oh yeah, they had like cinnamon. They had, yeah, it was, and I missed the. They have like the Speedway, like whatever. They have a big event. Like I missed that by a couple of weeks, but yeah, I'm definitely yeah. a uh, L. Smith Speedway fanboy. So it was wonderful. That's awesome. Um, and then last but not least, this question is always interesting, and um, curious what your your take is. You know, you, as you listened yeah. before, I ask about. 
you know, kind of what you're listening to or what you listen to when you're creating, kind of what kind of music you're into, you know, that type of stuff. So this is probably, you know, this is less focused on your art and just more about, you know, kind of what Tyler music taste you got. The vibe. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, uh, so at work I'm, I'm kind of by default resident, uh, DJ. We have like an uh, upstairs area where the designers are. So I got some speakers hooked up to, to my machine um, just inheriting that role over the years, but yeah, it's pretty um, I usually big, like it's a big responsibility. It. it is. Yeah, it is. Um, I usually, you know, keep it mostly instrumental at work. Just, you know, people are picking up the phone and having, you know, little meetings here and there. So just keeping it fairly mellow, um, a lot of like chill, hop, chill hop and um, lo-fi uh, kind of stuff. But when I'm at home, I mean, when I'm at home, I think it's a it's a similar kind of vibe. Um, usually keep it pretty chill. Um, I also keep it funky though. Um, I, do like, uh, <laughs> I do like I do like you know my my '90s and early 2000s hip hop. So you know the Roots, uh, Most Def, uh, People Under the Stairs, Tribe Called Quest. Those are you know always in rotation. Um, I also like you know, everything from Stone's Throw Records, Mad Lib, uh, Jay Dilla, Quasimodo, Mad Villain. Um, I like, you know, contemporary stuff, Anderson Pock, um, Catronata. Um, there's a cool record label called uh, Daptone Records, and they do a ton of, like, funky stuff, um, like Sharon, Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings. Yeah, rest in uh, peace. Budo's Band, rest in peace. Um, uh, the Olympians. Um, I recently started listening to the uh, Bacow Rhythm and Steel Band. I don't know if you heard of them. No. Um, they're pretty great. Um, they basically do like all these uh, hip hop covers with uh, steel drums. Um, all right. Something like, uh, you know, PIMP with uh, <laughs> 50 Cent. Um, but yeah, if you got a chance, uh, check those guys out. Um, yeah, I like weird stuff too, like electronic music. Um, you know, Aphex Twin, uh, Boards of Canada. Um, yeah, I got turned out. Some, yeah, one of, yeah, we had an artist recently turn me on to them, Boards of Canada, and I was yeah, I, they, I was they yeah. were they were great. Yeah, I forget who it was. It was a couple weeks. It was like a couple months ago. Yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, I was spelling it all so different yeah, ways. I had to figure it out. It's, it's like a weird spelling. Like that's the only problem sometimes. Yeah. It's like I don't know what the hell that guy. Like, rewind is like what the hell that guy say. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can send you a list if that makes it easier. Yeah, how do you yeah how do you rock it? Do you have like a Spotify thing? Do you like are you just like yeah yeah I'm, just, I'm usually on Spotify. Um, they, I do like their um, uh, what is it? They have this made for you. Yeah, there's daily mixes. They're like pretty like killer, right? Mixes. Yeah, they're like four yeah, or five. Yeah, it's kind of nice because it like breaks down your like what you, like it, it sectionalizes like the vibe you're going for of like your favorite tunes. Totally, yeah. And I got, you can kind of tell which ones I'm playing at work versus you know if I'm trying to you know, pump it up at, at home, but yeah. All right. Yeah. I made a new mix race. I'll send it over to you. It's got, it was kind of inspired with, uh, yeah. Chris Kemp from revelry. He was saying he makes mixes every month and he called his, uh, well, it was cool. We did the interview and November was coming up and I call, I said, Oh, you should call it November. And he was like, that's better than I had. He's like, I'm going to use that. And so <laughs> I made mine at the end of November. And so I was like kind of the tip of that. And if you're listening, Chris, much love. You're, it was a great mix. I called it November. 
K-N-E-W, oh, yeah. and it's oh, yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. And I got a little out of control, and it's like six hours of music, and it, I love it. Oh shit! But I and then awesome. like people, I sent like I shared it with people, and it's like, you know, I'm like you gotta listen to it from start to finish. So like I I went back and like put everything in order. Like you were talking about Sharon Jones. You know, I had yeah. that. It, that was on after you know the Amy Winehouse because she the Buddha Budos band is is also the Dap Kings, and so that was that. And then yeah. that was like into like some instrumental P funk, and then like all this. Yeah, it was it was I was really happy with it. But I was like, yeah, listen, promise me you listen to it in order. And I was like, oh, that's a big commitment. You got time yeah, you, right there. You got to put that. Yeah, it's got that flow. It's got you have the ups and the downs. And yeah, the, you know. Oh yeah, my I'm I'm like. I'm really close to making a bad purchase decision and buying like a Pioneer, like digital turntable deck. I'm really close to doing that because yes. I've always wanted that. But yes. I, it's like it's only it's like four or five hundred bucks. I'm just like you know I think I might do it. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. Hell yeah. Um, so, yeah! One other band that I just I saw last month. Um, I'll probably butcher the the pronunciation, but Karunbin, um, oh, yeah. K-H-R-U-A-N-G-B-I-N. Um, super awesome. Um, kind of jazzy mellow um funky um they've been have i've had that on heavy rotation pretty All recently right. so. that, yeah that's pretty cool yeah i'm trying to think what I, i've been listening to uh recently is the is villagers i like them a lot okay uh, yeah just not the just villagers i got turned on to them from uh from sophie over in the uk yeah that, that's been probably let's see recently played i'm just gonna pull up what i recently played yeah um, I like Leon. The new Leon Bridges record's really good. I really like him a lot. I think it's kind of a little nice. more mainstream. Let's see, what we got yeah, yeah. Let's see. Mm. I've always have a soft spot for the Black Keys, so I've been listening to that a lot again with the Arcs. There's nothing really oh, yeah. new from them, but just that's so good. When I got turned like that's the best part about it because I love the Black Keys and all their stuff, but I didn't know about the Arcs, and then it was like oh, it was like. Kind of, it's like black. It's like a. It's like yeah. It's just so good. So it, that's what I love yeah. about this whole thing. Just kind of getting turned on to, to different tunes. So I'm gonna yeah yeah Grizzly Bear. Right. What else? What else I have listened to recently? Yeah, Action Bronson's always good. Chance the Rapper. <laughs> yeah, I can go on and on. So like I said, Lizzo. Yeah. Obviously yeah. the uh, the other Little Lizzo. Bit. Yeah, the other Lizzo. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. So, Respect. Yeah, right. <laughs> Big to that. Yeah, and with the yeah the new Beastie Boys. Yeah, I've been doing the music Mondays, so I've been listening to the Beastie Boys because that you know, you know their new their new yes, book, yeah. Santa. Yeah, Santa better bring me that book. We pissed. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I got I got to pick that up too. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the worst time of the year too. Like new stuff comes out, I want to pick it up, and I'm like, oh, somebody knows I really want that, and then it doesn't come, <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck, man? I really wanted to hear that. <laughs> I didn't drop enough in. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. And again, my mom, my parents listen, but I remember one of the worst gifts ever. They got like. I don't know. I'm older. Than, I'm older than you. Yeah. I, I'm, I just turned 40. I'm definitely older than you. But when I first, I got my first like boom box and it had a CD player and they got, and I remember that year for Christmas, I had a CD, brand new CD player and they only got me tapes for Christmas. And I was like, did you kind of oh, not shit. get the fact that like, it's a big deal to have a CD player? And I was like, I have no CDs. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's like cutting edge technology. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, here's a DVD player and here's some beta tapes, dude. And so I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, you don't really get what's going on here. But yeah, it works. Yeah. Well, no, I, I remember yeah. taking the, the cassette tape and yeah. recording, you know, uh, radio spots and then oh. try to edit out the edit out the commercials just at the right moment. Yeah, the mixtape was like an art form that was so hard because you'd be like. 
you'd either you'd have to like know that the top ten was at night and hope you know be ready and the DJ would have to do a right. good enough intro so you could like right. rock it out. Oh, it was awful. I remember, and you'd like have it. Like, I got it, and it was like, let me hear it. And it was like missing the intro section of it. And be like, well, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> well then, yeah. And then yeah. I remember when MP3s came out, and I would go to, like I would start to download a track, and then go to then go to class, and come back and like have like one song downloaded like six hours later. I was like, "This <laughs> is like, terrible." Disconnected. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Get off the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was terrible. LimeWire. Lime yeah, right now I just yeah. While we were talking, I could have downloaded like all of Pink Floyd's entire discography on my phone. <laughs> on my phone, right? It's like yeah. Right. Right. Oh, I gotta stop. I'm gonna cut this part of it off though, because I, I get into this "I'm an old man" thing where I'm like, when I was a kid, and I hate, I, I've, I've, it's like a commonality thing. I've done so much, Tyler. Like in the last five, like six episodes, I've done like these. I just gotta figure a better way. Oh, I know, age. yeah, yeah, right. Get off my fucking lawn. No, but I know what I'm trying to do, but it just doesn't sound the way I want it to come out. <laughs> I want it to be like how we've advanced so much and things are great, and it just sounds like right. Like, oh, all right, yes. <laughs> Have you heard of BitTorrent? It's going to be really popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I want to thank you once again. First, I want to reiterate your hospitality when I was out there. I had a great time, and I appreciate it. Um, one of the cool things, which is pretty rare, you know, Tyler hooked me up with one of his magical crystal balls, uh, a piece of uh, art that we have here in the studio. It was really cool to get that. Um, I, instead of traveling home with all the beers, I did drink all those beers. And so I, I appreciate that nice. also. Yeah. I was thankfully not hung over the next day. So that was, a, that, that's always a it's kind of a mini victory. And so I appreciate uh, yep. that. But again, folks, um, to follow along, which I always think it's fun to do. It's Ty T Y. Thank you. Lizzo L I Z O on Instagram. And then his website, Tyler Cristobal, like crystal ball, T Y L E R. C-R-I-S-T-O-B-A-L.com. So we want to thank you again. I hope it wasn't too painful. You've already, you've had to deal with me more than most have to, so I appreciate that. <laughs> no, that, I was definitely had some nerves, but that, that, was, that was awesome. I appreciate being on the show, and uh, I look forward to continuing to watch your journey. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, whenever you're, uh, next time if you're out on, my, on my coast, I like to return the favor. And, uh, yeah. And show you, show you, show you the, show you the big city. Definitely, yes. All right, my friend. Don't be a stranger. You know, you're now part of the family. I mean, and I, I just wanted to say I, I appreciate you. And like I said, meeting in person was a, uh, it was really awesome, man. I, I really, you know, thank you and thank the crew over at Home Brewing once again. And uh, we'll do. I hopefully we can do it again sooner than later. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Thank you, AJ. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tyler. Right. Sounds good. All Bye. Right. Cause I'm a motherfucking PMP. Now for real, folks. You heard it here first, Mr. Cristobal, Ty Lizzie, L to the I to the Z O, no double Z's. That's our girl Lizzo though. She brings that shit like the fire. You're listening to the 16 ounce canvas episode number 92. Dun, 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 dun. My motherfucker P-I-M-P. I'm a sucker for steel drums, so even they'd be playing Mary's Little Lamb on steel drums and I would get off on that. I love it. 
love it. Can't lie. I just have things that I like. It makes me feel like I'm on the beach. Maybe I'm in Jamaica. Ooh. I've had some good times with steel drums in Jamaica. Boom. Dun, 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 dun. But, but I digress. I gotta say we've been we've been crushing it with the timing lately. Last week we timed it with the opening of Decadent. This week it's Tyler's birthday, so we didn't want to we didn't want the show go without wishing him a happy birthday. Babyface Tyler, he's definitely younger than me. We don't ask his age, but happy birthday to you, my friend. Next one's on me. Next we've got Eric and the crew over there with their, I think it's their fifth anniversary. I don't know. Love to check next week's episode, which is episode 93. Then we bring in the new year. A lot of great things happening in 2019. We're working on our next art show. Got the new beer culture book coming out that we're really hyped about. This is the new year, new start, new opportunities. So we'll get you once more before the year ends. So this is not us wishing you a happy new year yet. But Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Take time to appreciate those around you. Appreciate every day that you have because who knows what tomorrow will bring. Whatever day you're listening to this, it's got to be a beautiful day because you are alive and you're taking the opportunity to share with me. So we thank you. I appreciate it. We love what we're doing. We love that you want us to keep doing it, and we will. We are finalizing. Well, we haven't finalized. We just got to do some logistical shit for Season 9. <clears throat> so we're getting that shit all the way up to 100 plus, and it's, uh, it's lovely. So like I said, be safe. Public service announcer here right now. Don't be fucking stupid. Get boozed up and get behind the wheel. You'll hurt yourself. You'll hurt your family. Uber. If you can't afford an Uber, dude, drop me a line. I'll pay for your fucking Uber. I'll get you home. Just don't be stupid, okay? It is too, too, too important. People make some stupid choices. Have a good time. Fucking throw it home. Drink them. Toast them. Buy shots, do it up. But Uber, Lyft, train, sleep on someone's couch, it's too easy. Your partner, your friend, your family, they might be pissed. Maybe you got too drunk, you embarrassed yourself, or you didn't come home like you were supposed to. But it's cool. Let them be pissed at you because you'll be fucking alive. So that's all we got to say for that. We'd like to end this off with just don't be a fucking idiot because we love you. And until next week, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Muchas gracias. Episode number 92, Novente y Dos, is in the books. Cheers, everybody. And once again, happy bladed, Tyler. Much love, buddy. You're in with the fam now.